0: what's going on my friends welcome back to another episode of market watch mondays as always i am your host at Mike me up with two P's. i'm happy to be back it's a beautiful sorry i almost just knocked over all my bottles there but it's a beautiful sunday it's super bowl weekend super bowl sunday i'm recording this show uh sunday uh, in the morning i guess early afternoon before the game is played so i will not know the results of that that's okay because i'm not really talking money of that and that's not really relevant for a lot of the fantasy uh stuff that we'll be talking about today uh, but, you know, I just got back, actually, a uh, pretty fun weekend out in Napa. Uh, I uh, took the girlfriend out there, and we enjoyed uh, nice, some R&R relaxation. Uh, went on some wine tastings, went on some champagne tastings, Went ate a bunch of food, you know, did, a whole, did the whole shebang. It was fun. But now I'm glad to be back in the studio, grinding, talking about some football stuff, right? But before we get to the football, if you're new to this channel—or not new to the channel, sorry, new to the show on this channel— you don't know what time it is, but if you're not new and you came over for Bunk Bed Breakdowns, man, y'all know what time it is. Hit that intro. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. So today, uh, the main topic I want to talk about is startup draft strategy for Dynasty offseason. And specifically, I want to talk about some players that I'm definitely going to be targeting in my startup drafts. Now, if you guys have bought the BDG draft guide in prior years, you'll know that my strategy is mostly centered around trading back punting year one and then trying to build a build a monster over the next two years to kind of dominate uh, for the remainder of the next half decade or so. But I think, you know, I mentioned it a little bit uh, in a prior video this year, but this year I think I'm going to pivot a lot and not necessarily pivot out of trading back, but pivot into trading, uh, drafting a lot, a, a lot of veteran players. And I want to go through some of the veterans that I think are an incredible value, but I really do believe as a general ethos for this year, there is no better year to win now than than this year, because there's two factors at play here. One, veterans are going at an incredible discount in dynasty adp and what i'm using as my source here is keep trade cut if you guys don't know what keep trade cut is it is a crowd crowdfunded data set that forms an adp so every time you go on the site it makes you rank three players so there's thousands and thousands of data sets on this so i prefer this site uh, a lot more to mock drafts because one mock drafts is stale data and it's on a monthly basis but two uh this is being fed from a much much bigger sample size and a much much bigger population. It's not just the mock draft made up of you know your favorite analysts and you know some other people they they farmed off Twitter, right? It's not that. I, I hate that type of data because it's not very accurate. It's not really realistic. Even Keep Trade Cut has its own flaws, but I think it's the it's the best we got, right? It's the best of the it's the best of everything else. Uh, so I really like what they're doing over there. Uh, they actually take feedback in from the user base. So make sure you guys go interact with them. Go check out their site. It's pretty cool. Um, you know sometimes I'd say that like Keep Trade Cut my the one flaw with them is. They do tend to really, really heavily favor uh, youth and really, really be uh, a lot more reactive. But, you know, that's part of the dynasty market, too. Everyone says, you know, you don't be reactive. But I promise you, I play in a lot of dynasty leagues. Everyone is very, very reactive. So it's just the nature of the beast. But I'm using them as my source to identify some of these values. So one, I find that veterans' values, uh, specifically league-winning veterans. Like we don't care about the veterans that don't have a meaningful impact on your win-loss outcome, but the ones that do have a that can play a very, very meaningful factor and provide you that league-winning upside. A lot of those guys are going at a big discount this year, just because of the chaos of COVID last year, all the injuries. It was a very, very injury-ridden year. We hear it every year. Like this year's injuries are the worst, but last year's injuries was literally the worst. I I do not remember. In, in in season that was that bad in terms of injuries right uh, at the running back position specifically but also at the quarterback position that was a very, very brutal for those of us that play superflex. so that's one factor two we know the 2023 class is already propped up to be one of the greatest classes of all time which is really saying something given the flux of talent that we've had in recent years if you look at the wide receiver position between 2020 2021 2019 we've had absolute studs like if you look at the wide receiver one top 12 wide receivers overall like most of them all came from those classes and not just because they're young but because those guys, those classes produced incredible talent at the position right and 2020 obviously produced incredible talent at the running back position with guys like Jonathan taylor DeAndre swift etc cetera, etc cetera. but 2023 is projected to even outdo that right you have jackson smith out of ohio state one of the top wide receivers in the nation you have Keyshawn boutique one of the top wide receivers in the nation you have uh, Bijan Robinson, who I already said is already a top three, top five running back out the gate, uh, he's incredible. Uh, you have a, a bunch of other guys back there as well, like Tank Tank Bigsby. Um, you have um, you know the player out of Georgia as well. So there's there's just a lot of talent, a lot of talent out there. Not Georgia, sorry, Georgia Tech. Um, a lot of talent out there at the position, and it's going to be incredible. So both of those factors come into play because everyone's going to be itching and scrambling to get those 2023 picks personally I'm not buying 2023 picks anymore I've already accumulated a mass of them uh, like a year ago that's when I was buying them when they were a lot cheaper but now you have that confluence of factors which means that you can probably use your 2023 picks and buy startup picks one to one like you can probably trade your 2023 first and get like a top three top four round pick in in the coming draft and that's a big difference you're and you'll you'll see some of the players I go through there. But you're going to be able to create some monster, monster teams this season, right? And that's why I think if I do any startup drafts, I'll probably do one or two because I'm trying to cut leagues this year. But if I do any, I think you're going to be printing money by, going, uh, by building a win now team in 2020, in 2022. Um, because like you don't have to draft that many rookies because the class isn't that strong right and you can use future draft capital in 2023 to really arm yourself up add a couple extra startup picks and you can build out a really really good team with a lot of depth all right so i think just think about those factors in your mind as i go through the players and i'll go through the players i want to pick pick on and i'm sure there's many other options but these are the ones that really really stick out to me in terms of league winning upside all right round one There are a couple players here where I would want to go after. And this is a year where I don't necessarily want to trade out of the first round because I can get these guys at, at the later first round pick. What I would be willing to do though, is if I can land a top three pick, right? You know, Uh, a josh allen you know patrick mahomes justin herbert who seem to be forming the clear tier one of quarterback if i can get one of those picks if i can trade from there back into like the 1.07 1.08 and add a future pick on top you know add a second round pick add a a swap uh maybe add a first round pick if you're lucky if you have the 1.01 maybe you can try and squeeze out like a 2024 first to move back to the later part of the first round i would be looking to make those types of moves but i do want to stay in that back part of the first and this is why number one on my list Number one in 1A1B, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, currently going as QB6 and QB5, QB, uh, QB five, I think QB5 QB and QB6 overall. So Kyler Murray's going at 1.08, Lamar Jackson's going at 1.09. If I can land either of these players at that position, I am laughing to the bank because this is why. With Lamar Jackson, we've seen his two worst performances in the last couple of years. This prior year, mostly because of injury uh he was doing pretty hot um but obviously he had a ton of injuries this year so wasn't doing too well on that front and he burned a lot of people he burned me you know i'm a big lamar jackson bag holder because i went heavy on him in 2019 because he and he won me a lot of leagues that year uh but obviously this year was a little bit more painful because he was hurt but This was his points per game, right? He was still rocking a 20, 22 uh, points per game in 2021, uh, 25 points per game in 2020, 2020. And that was like low end QB1 average numbers on on average. But that is his floor and his ceiling. We've seen the ceiling is 31.9 points per game QB1 overall in 2019. Uh, Do I think he'll ever reach that again? No, but the floor that he provides on a week to week basis and also on a seasonal basis makes him one of the most um, one of the most, I guess, you know, highly valued assets in dynasty. He's also only 25 years old. He's going to improve. We've seen him improve year over year as a passer. The people that say that he cannot pass and he's not, has not improved are just, I don't know what they're watching. And they're, they're not, I guess they ignore all the numbers, but from a number perspective, he has improved year over year. I know there's gonna be a lot of haters that say, Hey, he can't throw. He's just running quarterback. He's running back, yada, 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 whatever. But from a fantasy perspective, he is a slam dunk pick at that price, right? Because he's going to be, he basically forms your core, right? You grab, he grabbed him in the back part of the first, and that's going to perform your basis on a week to week basis. And that's going to build the floor of your team, right? Him or Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is even more perplexing, right? Because even though he had us down 2021, 20, he was still the QB six overall, 24 points per game uh and, and then he was qb8 the year before that 26.4 points per game and you know we know he actually got injured as well towards the back half of the season i know there's a lot of fud out there about kyle murray um you know people are saying he's not a natural leader he's not this he's not that arizona's not gonna move on from him. he's the best chance they have at winning they just had their best season uh, ever uh, even though they were playing with the fraud cliff kingsbury fake uh, fake sharp The ultimate fake sharp, the king of fake sharps, Cliff Kingsbury out there. You know, Kyle Murray came out and said he was set up to fail. Probably shouldn't have said that. That's probably immature, and he is still a kid, so he is probably immature on that end. But in terms of raw talent ability, in terms of rushing upside there's really no one better than these two. These guys are, I mean, them plus like Josh Allen, obviously, but these are the elite of the elite in terms of rushing upside. So for me, they are top five quarterbacks and it may not seem like much, right? Because they're valued at QB six, QB seven, uh, on KTC, but that is a big teardrop. So if I can get them for that price, to me, that's a big, big, big W. And personally, you know, players going ahead of them, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. I love Jamar Chase. I love Justin Jefferson. They are, they form my tier one of wide receivers, but whenever I have wide receivers in that dynasty wide receiver one overall slot, I'm always looking to pivot off. And if I can get a quarterback uh, as good as Lamar Jackson, as good as Kyler Murray to build my team around, I'm happily giving up any of those players. And Joe Burrow, don't get me wrong, also an outstanding player but he just does not have the same rushing upside. So he's much more TD dependent. And we know those can be fluky a little bit year over year. And having having Jamar Chase, having T. Higgins definitely helps him a lot on that end. But you can see the week-to-week volatility on his uh, on his games. And it, it's a lot more wild, right? So I would much rather have Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. So the fact that he can get any of these guys for cheaper than them is a big big w and you squeeze out a little bit of margin it's really really hard to squeeze out margin in the first round but these two players offer you the upside and i just want to give a brief mention to trey lance currently going at 1.12 trey lance had uh he played three games total right in, in, in 2021 and in two of those games he scored 23 points or more in one of those games that he scored uh, in the worst game he scored 15 points he's passed for less than 200 yards and he threw a pick that's the power of the Konami Code quarterback, right? And we know that he's a very, very raw prospect. He has to develop, but we know he has arm talent. So, and he plays in a good offense. He plays with good offensive players between Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. That makes it very easy for a player like him to succeed. So, you know, we know Jimmy Grant, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's days are numbered. So at QB QB7 overall price for Trey Lance uh at the back part of the first if you do want to go a little bit younger and take a little bit more risk you can afford to do it with a trey lance because you'll see the other guys that i pick in the later rounds that can really help support uh the floor of your team but if you want to build around a trey lance it's very very possible and i think he's a still a great pick of great value at that price all right now we go into round two and this is where it gets beautiful right christian mccaffrey sitting there round two 2.08 as a running back five at pick 20 pick 20 of the second round like that is an insane value to me. Let's I don't think people really understand how great Christian McCaffrey is, right? So in this season, obviously he was injury ridden, right? He's in, he, he burned people last year, burned people again this year. I understand if you don't want to take that risk. For me, I'm a risk maxi chaser because I'm trying to chase the upside to go for that win. And there's no one that provides more league winning upside than Christian McCaffrey. And frankly, it's not even close. This is not debatable. A, a healthy Christian McCaffrey is worlds above everyone else. Worlds above Jonathan Taylor, worlds above Derrick Henry, worlds above everybody, right? He is the only player that can really give you 27 points per game upside floors with no touchdowns, right? If you look at his 2021 season, he had 24 points per game plus in any game that he played more than 50% of the snaps, right? And in those games, he averaged 25.85 points per game. That would have been quarterback four and he only scored two touchdowns that is insane the points per game leader in 2021 was derrick henry and their rb1 overall with jonathan taylor who who you know obviously played the full season healthy henry averaged 24.3 points per game jonathan taylor did not crack 22 points per game so that is a nearly two to three to four points per game margin average that someone like christian mccaffrey is giving you and i get it health health people are saying he's injury prone people are saying he's he's, easy he's fucked look this is the thing with running backs any running back is gonna cross the, the the threshold for injury risk because it's a very violent position. It's a very, very violent position. Jonathan Taylor could get injured next season. At any given time, he can blow out his ACL, right? Christian McCaffrey's injuries, at least they aren't like to the same knee to the same leg every single time right and we've seen him be extremely healthy from college all the way through the first two years so are these injuries more fluky in nature are they more recurring are they more risky i'll leave it for you to decide i know there's some guys on um on twitter like fb injury is one of my favorites uh you know he said the risk is worth the reward and to me the risk is absolutely worth the reward right you can get injured and still be good later on i do not think christian mccaffrey's days are done in If you look at what he's been able to do before, it's insane. Like 2020 obviously season cut short, but he's averaging 30 points per game in that season. In 2019, his magical season, he averaged 29.4 points per game, which would have been good for quarterback two behind Lamar Jackson who scored 31 points. So this is a player that can give you quarterback production in the running back slot with a weekly floor that is absolutely unmatched in PPR formats because of how heavily involved he is in the receiving game. And with Christian McCaffrey, the, the beauty of him is I think I can see him aging a little bit better than some of the other running backs because he is legitimately one of the best receivers in the league he's not just a dump off pass guy if you look at his pff grades from receiving perspective if you look at his efficiency if you look at what he's been able to do as a receiver christian mccaffrey is by himself in terms of receiving running backs you could line him up as a wide receiver later on his career as a slot wide receiver and he would be a fantasy uh he would be a fantasy viable asset and that's that's the beauty of a christian mccaffrey so the fact he can get him for running back five running back five in the second round right now, it blows my mind. I would take him all the wide re- over almost all the wide receivers ahead of him. I would definitely take him over the rookie running backs like Najee and, um, and Javante Williams. Um, but the fact, the fact is like, it's insane that he's being valued this low and I get it as injury risk, but those who play to win the game, you got to take a little bit of risk, right? You got to take a little bit of risk. And Christian McCaffrey can still sink you, but at the second round, at the second round price tag, that doesn't kill your team if he doesn't play a full season, right? And uh, personally, I don't expect any of my running backs to play a full season. It's just a matter of if they get lucky of when when they play and when they don't, right? And obviously this season, he basically got shut down because their team fucking sucked, right? There's no need to re- risk him out there and keep trotting him out there. So he's going to have the time to recover. He's going to have a full off to recover. We'll see what happens. But for me, because it's not a, uh, it's not like a nagging recurring Injury, he didn't injure the same spot both times, both major times. I'm betting on Christian McCaffrey to make it back. This guy is a freaky cyborg. I think he's going to do really, really, really well. The next two guys I want to talk about. First up, Tyree Kill, currently going at two point zero nine wide receiver seven. Now, I'm not necessarily going to have as much Tyree Kill because he is going back to back with Christian McCaffrey, but I want to mention here for those of you guys that do like to draft zero RB draft. But I pick twenty one overall. He's the wide receiver seven, and he finished as a wide receiver seven in twenty twenty one. Uh, at 27 years old. So this doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. for taking C.D. Lamb over Tyree Kill, no thank you. I still think Tyree Kill is in the elite of the elite. This is the first time in his career he cracked 140 targets. He hit 159 targets, which is good for a 23% target share. So Tyree Kill is still the top dog of, the, of that offense. The... Differences this year, he didn't score that many touchdowns, right? And same with last year. But we know he absolutely has like that 14 15% – 15 touchdown upside in him because we've seen it before. And when that hits, he's going to be the wide receiver one overall, right? So uh, if I were to bet next season who are the best chances at winning wide receiver one overall, Tyreek Hill is at the top of my list because he has done it before – and he's playing in a really good offense and he's commanding a very large target share and he's finally getting peppered with targets. So, and you know, I, I get it. People got burned with him Cause I think he had two games with less than 50% snatch share because he had some, uh, he had some soft, uh, soft tissue injuries, uh, which really actually dragged down his points per game, which made him that wide receiver one overall wide receiver seven points per game overall. But going into next season, I do think tyree Kill's is going to continue to feed he's going to continue to dominate so if you're building a win now team right getting your wide receiver one if you want to build a zero, zero rb build you getting your wide receiver one overall uh, as tyree kill in the second round is an absolute steal right and Similarly in that same vein you can also get Devonte Adams in the 3rd round. So this is probably one where I might prefer a little bit. He's going at pick 29 which values him at wide receiver 11 overall. And I get it. He's 29 years old, so it might be that DeAndre Hopkins type thing, but I do think he's a much different player or at least not much different, but a little bit different player than DeAndre Hopkins. He was already he's still the wide receiver 2 in 2021 first of all. Um he's rocking a 28% target share which is elite. That is absolutely like top 99.9 percentile in terms of target share he's go, so he has a target volume the question marks obviously are around Rodgers right does he is Aaron Rodgers gone is Aaron Rodgers retiring is he going to stay there's a lot of question marks there but when you have an elite talent in DeVonte Adams like you're basically drafting him at his floor of wide receiver 11 I don't see DeVonte Adams finishing outside of the top 12 wide receivers even if he's not playing with Aaron Rodgers, right? He's he's at that point where his career, where if he does go somewhere, he's probably going to go to a better team, right? He's not trying to retire uh, on some shit team and not have a chance at the Super Bowl or not have a chance at playoffs even. So I think he's going to go to a better team. And if he goes to a better team, he's going to be the best player there because there aren't that many wide receivers that are better than Devontae Adams, right? If And he was the wide receiver two overall in 2021. He was the wide receiver one overall the year before by a wide margin, having one of the best seasons ever before Cooper Cup did his thing this year. But You know, I get it. There's risk there. But when you draft someone like him in the third round to win, you're not taking on that same amount of risk as if you would have drafted him in the first round or the second round. So you have a lot of room to play there, uh, play with there in terms of downside. But to me, one of the best wide receiver values is Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs going in round four at pick 39, 4.03 overall. He's going as a wide receiver 14, even though he just finished as the wide receiver 10 in 2021 with a 25% target share, 169 targets, uh, which is the same amount of targets as last year. And last year, he finished as the wide receiver three overall with 20.5 points per game because they were a lot more. Uh, it looks like they were a lot more on the same page last year. They were connecting a lot more. So even though he had the same amount of targets this year, he had a lot less receptions, a lot less yards. I think like 200, 300 less yards. So that's what makes it for the points per game difference. But he's still only 20, I think he's 28 years old. So i'm not going to be drafting all these young guys over stefan Diggs in the fourth round because if you think about the draft So far, what can you do? You could have gone lamar jackson in round in round one CMC in round two in round three. You could have grabbed a tyreek You could have grabbed a devontae adams or and then in round four you could grab a stefan Diggs. So you could have in that combination a top five quarterback In my opinion the number one overall running back, right? and two wide receivers that have top five upside with a wide receiver one overall floor and that's an incredible start to us to the to the draft and you don't even need to trade up to do any of that right and that's the beauty of this year. that's why i think it's so easy to play to win now this year is because you don't need to trade up at all to get any of these guys and and like i said what you can do is probably trade a 2023 20, first in to get another pick in the third round get another pick in the fourth round so you can get All of Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, you can probably get those guys for a 2023 first round pick. And that is an incredible amount of value to have at the wide receiver position. I really like to build my teams around having one really, really good running back and then stacking a bunch of high upside wide receivers. And if I can set a starting lineup with Lamar Jackson, CMC, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, or Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs you are laughing to the fucking bank all day long, right? This is the amount of value that you can have with these guys. And they might be a little bit older, but believe it or not, wide receiver wide receiver production does not fall off a cliff at age 28, right? Their value does because dynasty gamers are like, hey, fuck those guys, they're old now. But from a production perspective, A lot of them can produce, you know, well into their early 30s, you know, 30, 31, 32, right? You saw it with Julio Jones. And the reason why I like these guys and I chose them as targets is because someone like a Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, they are very, very good route technicians. They are two of the best, if not the best route runners in the league, right? And they can easily translate. Uh, later on in the career from an outside primary wide receiver to more inside the slot You already see a lot of it a lot of Devonte adams He is killing guys in the slot because people realize they move him in there and you can't really double him And he is probably the nastiest release off the line that anyone has ever seen uh, at least in the modern era And he's able to burn defenders that way and you can do that well into your later years when your athleticism falls off a little bit, you know The knowledge the the, the route running and the experience is really what comes into play And I think both of them their games translate very well into their early 30s And they can translate very well into the slot kind of like old man larry fitzgerald who produced a couple of pretty good seasons Even in his mid 30s. So I really really like those guys uh, Targeting them because you buy them you buy them with the intention that they retire on your roster, right? And that's great because I think in the next two to three years, this is your window you, you can win this year. You can probably win again next year with these guys because Christian McCaffrey, believe it or not, he is still only uh, 25 or 26 years old, 26 years old, I think so. And if you look at a Christian McCaffrey, like the biggest, the best comparison for him is someone like LaDainian Tomlinson, Marshall Falk, et cetera, in terms of their play styles. And those guys produce top five running back seasons well into their late 20s and early 30s. So you're building this team to have a great, great win window within the next two years but you also have guys like lamar jackson kyle murray that you can rebuild around so once these guys kind of flame out you can trade them away for late first round picks you know second round picks whatever and start your rebuild in two to three years but you have a very very good substantial win now window so that's some of those guys but here's some more guys i want to talk about as well if you want to go a little bit younger at the wide receiver position Deontay johnson so i famously not famously because i'm not that famous but i Stupidly uh, underrated Deontay Johnson for the last couple years, but if you look at his numbers, there's nothing not to like. He's 25 years old. He's currently going in the fourth round at at pick uh, at pick 40 something. Uh, So he's going as the wide receiver 15. So he's not even valued as a wide receiver one overall uh, as a wide receiver one, a top 12 wide receiver. Even though in 2021 he was a wide receiver nine in points per game, 17 points per game, 12 games with 10 plus targets. Right, 12 games with. 10 plus targets let that sink in that type of target volumes is monstrous again another player with 160 plus targets i've just named Devonte adams Stephon diggs tyreek hill and uh and now deontay johnson all guys with 160 plus target upside right he only has two games with less than two targets and yet for whatever reason we want to value him as a wide receiver too there's no reason that deontay johnson shouldn't be going ahead of a lot of guys like terry mclaurin um, there's a good argument to be made for putting deontay johnson kind of in that same grouping as cd lamb to be honest with you but for whatever reason you can get deontay johnson plus a first for cd lamb potentially. And I would do that trade 10 times out of 10 because what Deontay Johnson offers is really, really good for you. But also, he's still young he's 25 he's not even truly in his maximum prime yet so if you want to couple him with an older receiver maybe you go Devonte adams and deontay johnson in the fourth round maybe you go uh tyree kill and De- deontay johnson then you're looking at an average age of your top wide receivers in the 26 27 7 range where you can still capitalize on the value before they hit the value cliff and you get all the massive production they have to offer so those are the top wide receivers that i'm targeting in the top part of the rounds and again you can trade in you can trade one of your 2023 first round picks and probably get deonta johnson plus because that's how much people are fiending over the 2023 first round picks right and the other last two players i want to talk about is another quarterback to complete your superflex duo uh as russell wilson and another running back we'll talk about later but russell wilson currently going as a qb 11 overall in the fourth round at 4.02 pick 38 he was the qb14 in 2021 but a couple of things to keep in mind even though the qb14 still offered you 20 points per game but that includes games where he three games where he scored less than 7 points and that was when he came back from having that like broken finger um uh injury and he start but he started off the year really really hot right he started off the year really really hot uh, he was averaging 26 points per game uh 26.64 points per game before the finger injury So that would have been good for QB4 overall. And if you look at his history in 2020, QB6 overall, 2019, QB7 overall, Russell Wilson is a freaking stud. There is no reason why he should be going as a low-end quarterback, right? He should be going, in my opinion, Still in the second round at the latest in the third round. But I really do think given Superflex and the value of quarterbacks, elite quarterbacks, he could have he could be going in the second round. You could make a very, very good description for him going in the second round. And he's an elite quarterback. That's the thing. He's not just a good fantasy quarterback. He is an elite real-life quarterback. And I get it. The mainstream media is dumping on him right now and saying how he's not elite. You know, you got Ryan Clark over there on uh whatever, ESPN Fox, whatever one of those shitty shows that, that he's on, saying that he's not elite. You know, compared to the Big Ben, which was hilarious because Russell Wilson is way better than Big Ben on every single level. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, people feel like he got burned. And I got burned by Russell Wilson, right? Because he he was absolute dog shit for a couple of those games coming back from his in a uh, finger injury, which is expected because duh, you need your goddamn fingers to throw a quarterback to throw a football accurately. And he burned, he burned a lot of people. But if you look at his performance later on in the year, he was an absolute monster. He's on fire in the championship week. He scored like 36 points. So if you had Russell Wilson on your team, that was probably a league winning performance, uh, assuming you got there with him. So for, to me though, having Russell Wilson in the fourth round is incredible because now if you think about what I did in the draft, you can draft Lamar Jackson, right? in the back part of the first, and you can draft Russell Wilson's so that's your two quarterback slots. Lamar Jackson plus Russell Wilson will absolutely win you leagues if they stay healthy. And for me, I'm betting on the history of Russell Wilson. He's only 33 years old, right? 33 years old. He's probably still got another three to four years left in the tank, right? He's not going to be that game-winning, you know, rushing quarterback, even though he still does a decent amount of rushing. So he's still got the Konami code in him uh, that he had, that he wasn't. But he won't be as good as he was early on in the career. But he still has massive TD upside. He's the the entire offense of Seattle. And if he goes somewhere else, even better. He'll have, I mean, not probably not even better, but if you go somewhere else, he'll still be an elite level quarterback that changes the team, despite what mainstream media might want you to think. But I do think Russell Wilson is that game breaker. Um, he is an absolute elite quarterback and someone that I'm happy to bet on and draft in the fourth round. He's probably one of the best values available at quarterback. If you were to tell me that like you can get Russell Wilson in the fourth round, that offers a lot of flexibility for you. Because if you don't land on Lamar Jackson, you don't land at Kyler Murray, what you can do is go for a little bit younger value in like you know in one of the wide receivers or just double up on running back you go like uh christian mccaffrey and uh christian mccaffrey and you know austin eckler for example you can grab those guys to start and then russell wilson will be your quarterback one and you can grab another value play later on like a Kirk cousins who's a favorite of mine every single year uh, ryan tannehill even hopefully for hoping for a bounce back here or there but you have a lot of options there or you can go uh younger with trey lance right in the first round and support him with a russell wilson where that way you're not all old on your team so you can there's a lot of ways to build to win and still maintain balance in your squad right and then the last player i want to talk about is saquon Barkley Saquon Barkley currently pick number 48 end of the fourth round as the running back 13 overall that is mind-blowing to me because Saquon Barkley has been incredible for the early part of his career and he's burned people this year but if you think let's look back at 2021 let's see what happened right 2021 we were already expecting him to miss games to start the season because he was still on the recovery right they brought him back in and eased him back in a little bit first two games He didn't do much. It was horrible, which is as expected because I wasn't even expecting him to play. And then he went off, right? He went off for two games in typical Saquon Barkley fashion. And then what happened? Another fluke injury because someone stepped on his ankle, right? Like these are injury prone. Like that term is thrown around a lot, but it really takes, you know, more digging to kind of understand what happens between players like Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Like are, are they injury prone Or are they a little bit unlucky, right? And I think it's probably a little bit mix of both. Does Saquon Barkley carry more wrists than he did before? Absolutely. It would be foolish to not recognize that. But at the pick of pick 48 in the fourth round, hitting on a Saquon Barkley can be league winning because we know what a healthy Saquon Barkley can do uh, despite playing on a shitty offense, which is what he did in his rookie year. A healthy Saquon Barkley has running back one, sorry not running back one running back two overall upside assuming Christian McCaffrey's healthy because as long as Christian McCaffrey's healthy he is in a tier by himself there's no point comparing him with anyone else but Saquon Barkley can absolutely be in that tier and lead that tier below him would it surprise me at all next year to see Saquon Barkley outproduce Jonathan Taylor not at all if Saquon Barkley's healthy I can absolutely see that happening but more importantly Giants totally clean house Gettleman gone right freaking the coaches gone right um, jason garrett gone. He's awful. Uh, and when jason garrett was gone People were excited about the offense I still wasn't excited because I knew that Freddie kitchens was coming in and we've seen what Freddie kitchens does does with an offense in the cleveland browns He's awful. Uh, can't actually do that. So but now they bring in an offensive minded coach in uh dabble Uh, is it Brian dabble? Well, whatever the, the buffalo bills offensive coordinator, right? So they're bringing him over uh, to the Giants offense. So I'm very excited to see what they do with the offense, but more, most excited about Gettleman being out because maybe now they can finally build through the draft. Like the New York Giants have have had top 10 draft picks like year after year after year after year, right? And they've done nothing with it because Gettleman's an idiot, right? But now they can actually potentially, hopefully build a better team around second Barkley. I'm bullish around the Giants offense in the sense that It couldn't get much worse than what it was before right but more importantly you also don't need that much of a that that good of an offense in order for a running back to produce is it better for your offense absolutely but what you need is volume and Saquon Barkley now can hopefully have a healthy workout offseason start the year fresh come back as the Saquon Barkley that we know and avoid some of these nasty fluke injuries like someone stepping on his ankles right so If I look at Saquon Barkley, I prefer him over almost a lot of the running backs going ahead of him. I prefer him over Chubb. I prefer him over uh, Dalvin Cook. I definitely prefer him over Akers. And you guys know I'm one of the biggest Akers fans out there, but there's no way that I'm drafting uh, Cam Akers a full round ahead of Saquon Barkley. It just doesn't make any sense. A full, almost full two rounds. I would take him ahead of Gibson. Uh, I think it's a more interesting conversation with Mixon, but I would still take him ahead of Mixon. And then I really think the convo should be Saquon Barkley versus a Najee Harris or Javante Williams. But the value is not even like that. You don't even have to make that decision because the market is being so kind and generous with Saquon Barkley. The market is telling me that you can get Saquon Barkley plus a future rookie first, maybe a 2024 first for a Najee Harris and Javante Williams. And if you can get that deal done... You should be getting that deal done in every single league that's possible. So go out there and if you have Javante Williams, if you have a Najee Harris, send out an offer for Saquon Barkley plus a twenty twenty four first, because that twenty twenty four first might turn into a Travion Henderson, who's a top running back in that class. So there's a lot of profit to be made on the Saquon Barkley trades out there, and I'm personally going to be trying to capitalize on them, trying to acquire. uh, more Saquon Barkley while de-risking with that future first, because that's really what that first does, right? It totally de-risks that injury risk of Saquon Barkley. If you can take a Javante Williams and Najee Harris and trade him for Saquon Barkley plus a first. It completely de risks it because that first alone can be turned into the value of a Najee Harris, Javante Williams, but also if Saquon Barkley stays healthy, then you have a league winning trade. So everyone out there should be exploring that. But more importantly, you can just draft them super, super cheap in the fourth round. I would reach up a little, a few more picks to make sure I guarantee him in the fourth round, but let's take a look back at what type of team you can have, right? If you take the 2023 first and trade in for a third round or a fourth round startup pick, which is very, very possible in today's market, you could start a draft like this. Uh, you could have Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, right? Uh, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, uh, Stephonte Adams, Stefan Diggs and Russell Wilson, or like Stephon Diggs, Deontay Johnson, Russell Wilson, uh, or Devonte Adams, Stephon Diggs, Saquon Barkley. Like there's so many possibilities. I would personally try and lock down both Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson, because I think those are two of the best quarterback values. But then you can layer on top of that, a Christian McCaffrey. Stephon diggs and potentially saquon barkley right and that could be half your starting roster and i don't know about you but i would feel very very comfortable going into the season with that as my starting roster uh and you know and then let the injury gods do their thing and let the football gods bless me or curse me whatever but i would have played my chips on the table and felt damn good about pushing all my chips all in based on those players so hopefully you guys enjoyed those are the list of players that i think are top values i'll go over them again at quarterback you got lamar jackson kyler murray trey lance all in the back part of the first round round two you got christian mccaffrey potentially tyree kill uh, but i prefer christian mccaffrey if, if you have to make the choice round three you have Devonte adams available and then round four which is where the real value is you have Stephon diggs potential wide receiver one overall next year russell wilson uh back end quarterback one deontay johnson a wide receiver 15 and saquon barkley at rb 13 who is technically not even a dynasty wide running back one overall anymore compared to any of uh, uh compared to what the market is saying so according to the market saquon barkley is now a dynasty running back two, and to me that's crazy maybe to some of you guys out there that's not so crazy but to me there's not no way in hell that I think that he deserves to be there because he absolutely does have top three top five league winning upside in him And if you have top three top five league winning upside you're 25 years old as a running back Uh, I think you should be going a lot higher than the fourth round So that's what I got for you guys. Hopefully you guys enjoyed if you did make sure you hit the thumbs up button hit the subscribe button Uh, and uh, i'll be back to you again next week next week. I actually have an interview Uh, i'm gonna have the I don't know if you guys know him, but jesse reeves, uh, who was a dynasty? uh analytics og you know went over did his his twitch thing and uh, stream as a streamer as a gamer started from the bottom went off on tiktok all that stuff but just really smart dude really cool guy i have him coming on uh, and he'll and that'll be the episode that drops uh in the following week so after this week so yeah that's like got for you guys make sure you guys subscribe follow me hit me up on twitter follow up the bdg follow the entire big dogs team Because we'll be out here creating content for you all off season. All right. That's all I got for you guys. Until next time, uh, peace.